Hi, I'm Sophia Paris, and this is the Alternative Zero Project. Today, I'm on the phone with Rob Kajiwara from Hawaii. Rob, thanks so much for talking to us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So, Rob, you are an Okinawan and Hawaiian singer-songwriter, cultural ambassador, and activist, correct? Yes, that's right. I am so excited to hear your story. You have just had a major success in introducing the plight of the Okinawans to the U.S. mainland. Would you mind telling me a little bit about your petition? Yes. So back in December, I started a petition addressed to the White House asking President Trump to please stop the landfill that is occurring um, over the coral reef at a place called Hinoko on the island of Okinawa. The Japan government is destroying this reef in order to build a new U.S. military base against the will of the Okinawan people. And this reef has hundreds of rare and endangered species. So not just Okinawans, but people um, all over the world are really upset and concerned about what is happening here. So I started this petition and it has received over 200,000 signatures so far. Awesome. Yeah. Did you expect that kind of response when you started the petition? I wasn't really sure what to expect. I wasn't sure if this would catch on or not. Of course, I'm thrilled at the response mm -hmm. that we've gotten. So um, I am hoping that it will continue to catch on in the U.S. among the general public and continue to get more support from the average U.S. citizen. Could we actually maybe backtrack a little bit and could you tell me about the role that you have played in Okinawa and in Hawaii in terms of protecting the rights of indigenous people? So several different nonprofit organizations in both Hawaii and Okinawa have sponsored me um, as a cultural ambassador. And so I've been going back and forth between both Hawaii and Okinawa and just sharing about the history and culture and the issues and struggles that we face both in Hawaii and in Okinawa. And we've gotten a lot of positive responses from both sides because it's so similar. Both Okinawa and Hawaii are so similar in terms of the struggles that both sides are, are going through. Could you maybe elaborate on that? Like what, what do both islands have in common? Uh, an awful lot. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're similar in size, in population, in geography and climate in history. What aspects of their history are similar? So both Hawaii and Okinawa were independent, sovereign countries up until the late 1800s when they were illegally invaded and annexed by larger foreign countries. And since then, both sides have been in a constant struggle to regain their uh, de facto independence. So you are pro-independence in Okinawa and in Hawaii? Yes, yes. Very interesting. And I know that there's probably a lot of skeptics out there. You know, I, I know that I've definitely encountered that here in the Marianas where, you know, we're not even a state, but people often believe that, you know, these little islands would never be able to make it on their own. Uh, would you like to maybe respond to any skepticism towards the idea that Hawaii or Okinawa would be better off independent? Yeah, so um, there are a lot of very small nations out there, including island nations that are even smaller than either Okinawa or Hawaii. Which ones are those? Well, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right, but Kiribati. There's in Europe, countries like Liechtenstein, you know, there's mm -hmm. you look at Singapore. Singapore is even smaller sure. land wise than Hawaii or Okinawa, yet they have a larger population. But Singapore mm -hmm. has a robust and thriving economy. 
Singapore is one of the richest nations on earth in terms of um, an income per person. So this idea that small countries cannot survive on their own, particularly small island countries, is just not true. There's a lot of small countries that really thrive. And of course, these countries, you know, upon becoming independent, would enter into defense deals with other superpowers, right? They would be, especially in the case of Okinawa, Hawaii, and the Marianas, it's all of these islands are situated in very strategic places as far as like trading routes. You know, the, yeah. there's a lot of untapped potential in these islands, but they're sort of babied. They're assumed to have no capacity to rule themselves. Yeah. So in terms of defense, what it would look like is... How it works is you can have informal agreements with other countries in terms of defense. So if the country is attacked, you have an informal agreement with, say, both China and the United States saying Mm -hmm. that if the country is attacked, then these two countries would come to their aid. So by making an agreement with two large superpowers, especially like rival superpowers like China and the U.S., that kind of assures that nation that they'll be okay, that Neither China or the U.S. is going to invade, right? The, the only mm-hmm. real threats to do so would be China and the U.S. But neither one is going to invade because you have this informal agreement. And so there should be no problem in terms of military defense. Right. I mean, I think that that just goes to show how there are some very powerful countries out there that have a vested interest in making it seem like these islands have no options. But really, yes, it might take some creative problem solving, But there is potential for these people who have their own histories, their own cultures and their own ways of life that they prefer to rule themselves. Yes, especially for indigenous peoples indigenous islanders, indigenous peoples have lived on these islands, you know, for thousands Mm -hmm. of years. And so they're really the ones who know how to take care of the land, how to take care of it in a sustainable and productive way. It's not foreigners who have just arrived, bringing their foreign Mm. concepts of land and economics and things like that. Because what works in one country doesn't necessarily work in another country, especially a small island nation. So it's really the indigenous peoples of these islands who know what's best for the islands. And the indigenous people of Okinawa have always fought against the U.S. military presence on their island, correct? Like this Hinoko Bay uprising is not the first time by any means that no. the Okinawans have made their thoughts clear. Yeah, this is not new at all. Uh, mm-hmm. The U.S. has been in Okinawa since 1945, the end of the mm-hmm. war. And ever since then, Okinawans have been resisting, peacefully resisting, but resisting. What does that resistance look like? So, for example, at Hinoko, there have been elderly protesters out there for years, for over 1,600 days straight, even in the bad weather. Are they living on the land or what does that look like? Yeah, they have they have little tents set up Mm. across the street from the gate of Camp Schwab, the the military base there. Mm -hmm. And they've been protesting there day and night for over 1,600 days straight. And yes, they are elderly. Uh, They vary in age but uh, you might know that Okinawans are famous for their longevity so some of them are are quite up there in age wow and so there's many forms of resistance right so you have these elderly people who are stationed out by the gate and then of course i think of like your petition and that's on um the petitions.whitehouse.gov yeah official website are there any other do you think like significant forms of resistance that you'd like to name 
I mean, so we also have a presence at the United Nations. Uh, we're pursuing that. We're pursuing relationships with other countries and other human rights organizations from around the world. And I don't know if you heard, but just three days ago, a young man in Okinawa started a hunger strike. Oh, wow. Yeah. And is he doing that alone or with a group of people? It sounds like right now he's doing it on his own, but um, he's gotten a lot of attention, including in the media, the Okinawan media. It, it wouldn't surprise me if others joined him. Very interesting. Well, let's maybe move back to your petition. So you started that petition in early December. How long did it take to reach 100,000 signatures? It only took 10 days. <laughs> we, wow. we achieved the 100,000 mark in just 10 days, which That's just shows amazing. you. Yeah, it is amazing. It just shows you the amount of support uh, the Okinawan people have and just how many people do not want this military base at Hinoko. I mean, I think I heard you mention this in one of you. You have a lot of YouTube videos. Did you say that Hanoko Bay is the second most biodiverse bay in the world and like the Great Barrier Reef is the first? Yeah. So marine biologists are calling this the second most biodiverse reef in the world, only behind the Great Barrier Reef. It has hundreds That's of rare and endangered species, including the Okinawan dugong. Right. So that's sort of where anyone can understand why this can't happen, right? Because right. it would be so many species that potentially are wiped off the planet, right? Yeah. And the central government under the leadership of Prime Minister Shinzo Abe, he's claiming that they moved the coral before the construction started. And no. that the coral was safe. They that's... said that they moved the coral? He went on national TV in Japan just <laughs> like a week ago. Prime Minister Abe, and did this whole presentation <laughs> saying that they moved the coral and that the coral was safe. Okay. Huh? <laughs> that doesn't what, make any that? sense, right? Go yeah, ahead. it doesn't make any sense. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, one, we know for a fact they did not move all the coral. They, they might have mo tried to move some of the coral, but uh, there's still a lot of coral there. We, we have video. We have pictures of it. Okay, we know for a fact it's still there. But, two, marine biologists say you cannot easily move coral that... In most just, cases, yeah. if you move coral, it will die. You can't just pick up ecosystems that are like extremely yeah. complicated and like they they all there's like this intense equilibrium. It's not something that humans can grasp. It's too complicated. Yeah. You can't just pick it up and move it. What I wanted to tell you was that like the U.S. Navy reps who came to the CNMI to explain the training ranges that they wanted to set up on Tinian. They had public hearings with the people of Tinian who said, hey, you're going to totally contaminate our most important fishing ground. And their response was, well, don't worry, we'll just move the fish. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> this is like something they say to yeah. people. I, they must have no respect for the local intelligence. It's like they don't. That's they not really how nature don't. works. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not. And Unbelievable. This, this bay has been there for thousands of years, probably since the creation of the Earth. And they're just going to pick up and move this ecosystem. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. that's just absurd. Yeah, it's not even trying, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So who did sign this petition? Do you have information about what countries were most involved? Were there any superstars or celebrities? Yeah, so the White House does not provide us any official information about that. However, using my own uh, 
uh, methods. I, I have some general idea in terms of like from what countries uh, we have received, of course, a lot of support from Okinawa, uh, mm-hmm. but we've also received a lot of support from Japan. Uh, oh, that's cool. I'm a little surprised at just the sheer numbers that we've gotten from Japanese. I was expecting more Japanese to kind of be hostile to this idea, but on the contrary, we've just had so much support from Japanese. You know, um, there's such a difference between the government in a superpower, like a giant nation, and the actual people, right? Yeah. yeah. When I've gone to the U.S. mainland and told people about what the U.S. Navy wants to do in the CNMI, they're horrified, you yeah. know? This is, it's a very certain way of thinking that will allow you to do this to an indigenous people. And it's not one, what a, what a relief that it's not one held by the, the actual people of that nation more often than not. You know, yeah. it's their representatives who are making these really, really crazy political calls. Yeah. So now we just got to find a way to translate that public support into, you know, that governmental support. Right. Yeah. Were there a lot of Americans signing? Yes. Um, we have received several thousands of uh, signatures from Americans just about a week or so ago. Dr. Brian May from the rock band Queen uh, oh. supported our petition. And so that that's has so really, cool. yeah, that's really given us um, more public exposure in America. With that being said, though, um, I am hoping that we continue to gain more exposure among Americans. So you said that you reached 100,000 signatures in 10 days. That probably puts you in about mid-December, right? Yeah, yeah. So now here we are in mid-January. How many signatures do you have today? Over 208,000. That's so heartening, you know? Yeah, it is. Did you ever expect it to be so big? Um, maybe in my dreams, in my wildest dreams. (laughs) (laughs) And that number is especially great when you consider the fact that we have received no mainstream media coverage among the U.S. And we've also been heavily censored by Prime Minister Shinzo Abe of Japan. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you did all of this. This is basically completely done on social media then? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Can you confirm, like, for sure Abe is censoring you guys? Oh, yeah. When we first started, uh, we had no problems. But then once we um, hit the 100,000 mark, and it was actually more like the 150,000 mark, when we started to get a lot of exposure, especially in the Japanese media, that Mm -hmm. was when we hit a wall and suddenly everything kind of stopped. It really slowed down. We At one point, we were getting 12,000 signatures a day, and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, it went down to like 1,000. And so you think uh, that, that like links to the petition were removed or something? Yeah, it so was- Abe's cyber police were really hitting, not necessarily me, because I'm in Hawaii right now, but mm-hmm. my supporters who are in Japan and Okinawa, they were hitting, and they still are hitting them hard. They're censoring their tweets and their uh, posts and comments and, and things like that. Many have actually been banned from Twitter or from YouTube or whatever because of can, uh, their how support. How could the Japanese government ban someone from Twitter? How does that work? Well, Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and the CEO of Twitter are friends. Uh, what? Just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's on Twitter. I mean, there are pictures and, and articles and, and things on Twitter, on, on the Internet. Yeah, they're friends. <laughs> they, um, not that long ago, uh, the CEO visited 
Japan and they took a picture and he the CEO gave uh, Minister Abe a t-shirt for Twitter and like Abe said, oh yeah, let's let's work together and you know, things like that. And yeah, so they're friends. <laughs> so you're saying that you have activists that have worked with you that solely because they put up something supporting your petition, supporting the resistance against the base in Hinoko, they were then banned from Twitter? Yes. And their tweets were mysteriously disappearing. Uh, they, they weren't saying anything wrong. Okay, it's in democracy, hey. right? We have freedom of speech. And it's totally okay to voice your political opinion. And it's okay if you support you voice one. voice all kinds of horrible things on Twitter. And, and it manages to make it to the public, you know? Well, in the Western world, that's true. But in Japan, that's not really true. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a little bit more censored over there. Yeah, definitely. Just in terms of like swearing for example like tweets must have to be more civil like what's a tweet that might fly in the u.s but wouldn't fly in japan well for example um in the u.s if you tweet something critical about any u.s politician it's Mm -hmm. totally okay right you're not going to get banned for that or censored for Mm -hmm. that but in japan that's not true if you say something critical even just slightly critical of say prime minister abe yeah that could get censored and if you do it if you continue to do it then yeah you'll probably get banned Wow. Yeah. People don't realize this. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's amazing to me. So when people post something about the base, that's seen as something critical towards like the politicians who are supporting the base. Yes. And, and they get censored. Well, not all of, the, of my supporters do, but um, quite a few of them are also critical of Prime Minister Abe because he's really the one behind this base. He's the one mm-hmm. pushing forward with the base. He's really the leader, the instigator of this. So they have been pretty critical. I've been critical of Abe too. <laughs> I've, but the difference is I live in Hawaii. And okay. yeah, I can say that in Hawaii. But probably if I were in Okinawa, then I would probably get censored too. Got it. So the reason that this base is happening is because of an alliance between the Japanese and American government. But this petition to me, this is the first I've heard of Okinawa reaching out to the U.S. government as opposed to reaching out to the Japanese government. So now that you've reached 100,000 signatures on this uh, whitehouse.gov page, you're now entitled to some kind of response from the U.S. government. Is that correct? That's correct. The White House guarantees to provide a response within 60 days of us hitting that mark. Uh, We still have not received a response yet. And Uh, how many days has it been since you hit the mark? It's been about 30 or so, so we're about halfway there. Okay. And what kind of response do you expect? It's really hard to say. (laughs) On the petition, my request was at least temporarily halt the construction until after Okinawa holds its referendum on February 24th to allow the people to vote and decide whether or not they want this base. So all I was saying was let the people decide. That's what democracy is. And Mm -hmm. so I think my request was pretty reasonable. And I hope the White House will respond favorably. Right. But the people of Okinawa have expressed that they don't want that base many times through voting, have they not? I mean, every time they vote for a governor, it's because the governor's anti-base, correct? Yes, that's exactly right. Unfortunately, both Japan and the U.S. have always ignored (laughs) the the (laughs) democratic will of the Okinawan people. So the um, Mm -hmm. Okinawan people decided they wanted to have a referendum to directly vote on this matter. If I understand it correctly, this is only the second time Okinawa has had a referendum. This is big. You know, this is going to be historic. 
Okay. And in the meantime, right now, I'm not sure if it's Japanese or U.S. workers, but they're just filling this bay with like sediment, right? Yeah, it's, it's Japanese workers. They have started the landfill. They're filling the bay with, like you said, sediment, dirt, and rocks and gravel and things like that. And then after mm-hmm. they're finished with that, then they'll pave it over with cement and actually construct the base. Okay. And is anybody tampering with the construction site? Is, is there any resistance in that form, like people getting in the way of, of that process? Yeah, so the elderly protesters who are out there every right. day, they're the ones who are trying to physically block the trucks from entering that area. But Prime Minister Abe has ordered Japanese riot police, not Okinawan police, but Japanese riot police, and they are forcefully moving and arresting these elderly protesters. That's despicable. Yeah. Well, on a brighter note, you did recently have a successful rally in Washington, D.C., correct? Yeah, on January 7th to celebrate the 30-day anniversary of the petition. And how was that? Yeah, it was great. It went really well. I'm pleased with how it went. Uh, we had a good turnout. It was cold that day, but uh, we still had a good turnout of people showing support and also of media. There were quite a few members of the press there, mainly the Japanese and Okinawan press. But you have yet to break into the American media? We haven't had any mainstream uh, American media coverage. We've had a little bit of smaller like freelance journalists and like human rights media groups and things like that. But we haven't had CNN or New York Times or Washington Post or anything mainstream like that. Okay. Well, I feel like this is a great story. And I hope that we can change that just by putting it out there and and having a journalist or someone that writes for like a major mainland media outlet pick it up because I think Americans would 100% want to know about this. Yeah, I hope so. Well, Rob, is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything you think our listeners should know? Well, Please uh, stand with Okinawa. That's our hashtag, stand with Okinawa. Please sign the petition if you haven't already. And please uh, share it because we really need all the signatures we can get. And I'm really looking forward to Hawaii, Okinawa, and the Marianas Islands working together more closely to help each other in our uh, shared aspirations. Me too. We have to work together. To- yes have any chance (laughs) you do okay well rob thank you so much for coming on the show and hopefully we can do another episode sometime in the future when you have updates you know because i just want to keep following this story okay great yeah thank you for having me 